webmasterradio.fm Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. AdTech Connect, your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Welcome to AdTech Connect. This is Susan Bratton, your host and the chair of the conference. Glad to be here today, and my theme for the show today is Speaking of a Girl. It's that for two reasons. One, we have on some very interesting guests who are living their lives wholly devoted to serving the goddesses online. We'll hear about that. And also, because of course, that's the name of my new theme song for the show, which I absolutely love that was put together by Mark, our producer, and uh, so I thought it very fitting to have our show be Speaking of a Girl. We have on two guests today, Scott Schiller, the Chief Revenue Officer of Glam Media, and following Scott, we'll talk to Brian Sugar, the CEO and publisher of Sugar Publishing, both sites devoted to women, but a very different strategy. You know, A, the chicks rule. B, that women own the purse strings. And so we're going to find out how two companies are starting next generation web services for women uh, to eclipse what's been happening in the 1.0. I have Scott Schiller on the line. Scott, how are you today? Susan, hello. <laughs> hey, Scotty. So listen, it's like 10 years we've known each other, I was thinking, right? Well, you know, being back in the Internet is like Groundhog's Day. So much has changed and so much is just the same. <laughs> so when, you, did you ever get out of the Internet business? What, well, was there like a little blip in the, uh, in the career there that I missed? Well, I spent 10 years in the Internet business and then took two years to develop a, a, a media practice devoted to non-traditional media, all practices and forms of, of, of media beyond just the Internet, play-based, viral, etc. But with what was happening in the digital world today and the opportunities upon us, women demographic being one of them, I couldn't resist coming back. All right, so let's give everybody, for, for those of you, for anyone in the universe who doesn't know Scott Schiller, let's, let's just walk a, a quick little tiptoe through your career. You've worked at some major powerhouses, some major brands, so just pop us through that and then get into a little bit about what your non-traditional thing was so, so we understand the difference. Sure. I, I spent uh, the bulk of my career in, in the media and entertainment business, and, and it's always been about new and emerging stuff. In 1987, I joined a, a then-fledgling uh, media company called MTV Networks, 100 employees at the time, and I spent 10 years because of the power of cable growing and the importance of vertical programming. I couldn't leave it, but in 1996, the opportunity to jump into what I saw as a new platform Platform and go work at Prodigy uh, in, in the, the, the Internet business and try to develop an entertainment platform uh, building on, on the Internet, which was just at the beginning stages of, of reaching consumers. And I spent 10 years there, met you when we founded the IAB together back in the yeah. early days uh, with the mission of bringing advertisers and, and marketers and consumers all together in a, in a platform that made sense and uh, had a lot of fun doing it at places like Sony and Disney and AOL and really all about brands that connect with consumers. But about 
two years ago, I felt like it was an opportunity to see what else was happening out there. And whether it's wireless or viral marketing, technology has turned the consumer upside down today and has democratized media. And the opportunity to see that landscape, we looked at 400 companies in all these spaces. Everyone's trying to get to the consumer in a relevant way. And that, that tenure uh, at not traditional media, a practice started by Martin Puris and John Birnbach, who were out of the, the, the advertising business, um, I left that about uh, four months ago, three months ago, to join Glam Media, which uh, was really a technology platform designed to tap into what's happening today on the Internet and to go after an audience near and dear to all of our hearts, women. All right, that was that was good, and you did that pretty fast for as old a guy and as many things as you've done. I like that. Oh, I want to ask you a couple questions about it. I have always uh, I came from print advertising, and and not the highfalutin stuff. I was selling like vertical tech magazine advertising space. That was how I got my start in the media world, and then I got right into the web, and we struggled for you know the last ten years really trying to get traction around that business. So I never got to do any of the really hoity-toity things like take clients on a Learjet to the Super Bowl or any of that stuff. Did you get to experience that at your, at your tenure at MTV? Well, we, the Video Music Awards was the Learjet of its time. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, MTV networks, whether it's Nickelodeon, MTV, VH1, Nick at Night – is all about um, really getting into a demographic's mind, body, soul, and head. So absolutely. But those are just ways of, of, of conveying an experience of what the, the, the consumer and what the, the viewer and the marketer um, you know, share with the platform. We would take people to the Video Music Awards not to boast about MTV, but so they could see the power of music and how that infiltrated one's soul. The same is true at a place like Disney. Uh, I, I spent a bunch of years there. most interesting thing I did had nothing to do with the Internet. We were part of an executive team that went around and visited uh, d- different divisions uh, at at, at Disney, and we got to spend the day dressed as theme park characters. And if you want to really experience what it's like for a kid to experience Disney and know what's going on, you be a character, and you kind of see what happens when that kid touches you and, and, and wants your autograph. And you can't talk because All you're right. a character. So I'm trying to envision what character you would have been. I'm thinking Snow White. I've got <laughs> you in the black wig and the push-up bra and the dress, but maybe that wasn't it. Well, we'll just say that it was not a good guy. It was a bad guy, and a lot of kids came up to me and hit me, and I couldn't say anything back to them because you can't talk. <laughs> and you can't tell us who it was? Come on. It was a character from, 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 from um, one of, the, one of the, the adventures. It was Snow White, but it was not Snow White. It was one of the wolves. One of the what? The wolves, when they, when they go through, the there was, there's, in the story, right. there's some bad stuff that happens, and, and one of the bad guys was, was, was uh, you know, uh, an animal, and uh, it was a wolf. Aha, uh-huh. so you were the big, bad wolf. Yeah. I got it. All right, so you had some fun in the old days, and then you got into the Internet stuff. Um, and the non-traditional media thing, this was Martin Purse, and who was the other major, major league dude that was in? That would be, that'd be John Burnback, as in John. Doyle Dane Burnback. John Burnback. And so I don't 
quite get what you were doing there. So give us a little more description of that, and then we'll segue into Glam, because this, this is our pop and glam show. Well, the company is called Not Traditional Media, and yeah. the idea was to create integrated platforms for marketers that okay. spanned multiple touch points. So we would create marketing programs that reached a consumer using non-traditional methodology, print, uh, and television and, and, and radio were often the starting points, yep. but this is about place-based media, uh, media in, in elevators, viral media, um, mobile media, and other techniques that you wouldn't really think of uh, as ways to communicate with people. They're even putting logos on sand traps today, as you probably know. I haven't seen them on sand traps, but uh, it doesn't surprise me. I haven't done enough golfing. That's the problem. Although if I would, I'd definitely see a lot of logos because I'd be in those sand traps. So what we do, what we did was to um, work with CMOs and help them really understand what was happening in the new world of media. And we took a more macro approach so that it was not really about a media plan per se, but it was about uh, igniting a creative idea with the media first. You know, in the old days of advertising in the 60s and 70s, the media guy was the guy that came in the room with the last five minutes of the meeting with a flow chart and said, here's where we're going to run your commercials. In today's world, you start with the consumer behavior, and you think about what's the mindset, the relevancy, uh, how am I going to reach this person in a way that's meaningful, because today's millennium generation has grown up with the internet and with cell phones and with, with, with instant messaging and video games, all at the same time, by the way, and they're not a three-network uh, three human being like we were. And so... Were you the sales guy that went in and pitched the CMOs to try to get new business for this new company, or what was your part in this deal? Well, my role was, uh, along with John and Martin, to talk about the value of using multiple platforms and to create um, a, a um, federation, we'll call it, of, 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 of ideas that would live under a unified platform. So we worked with, among these 400 companies, 20 or 30 in these different spaces, and we would develop a campaign and program idea that had elements of each of those, and we would build that program and, and then sell that in. So there was sales and marketing. So what was the most creative program that, that you were the most proud of that you did there? Well, we did an interesting thing with, with Allstate Insurance where um, we were focusing on the Hispanic market. And we found that, that typically um, for a lack of dollars uh, or for, for you know, perspective uh, that – marketers at times relied on the, the, the mainstream media, the univisions of the world, to reach, um, you know, Hispanics. Uh, and what we did was we, we, we did a little psychographical research, and we studied all their research, and we saw that uh, consumers, Hispanic consumers, loved their automobiles. And we said, how can we tap into that? So we built a virtual online auto show, which we promoted offline at, at car clubs and at places where people who were proud of their cars were hanging out, car washes everywhere. And we drove people to this virtual auto show where they could post pictures of their cars and vote and then share that with their friends. 
and create a viral effect. And we built in the Allstate branding into that program. So that's an example of where we just simply used the Internet, a little viral marketing, um, and we tied into what they were doing, uh, obviously, offline with, with television. So in, uh, non-traditional can help enhance the experience, bring it 360 more or less. Nice. I get it. That's a good one. All right. So Glam called you up and said, Scott, we need you. So did someone know you there, or did they discover you? How did they find you? Well, I think that, um, let me take a step back. Glam was built as a commerce platform, and what we learned in, in, in building this business, and, and let me say that the team that built this was pretty accomplished. It's the team that built NetObjects, which was the software uh, that allowed people to use web pages 10 years ago for the first time, and the team at Emote and Tickle that built personality testing as an entertainment platform. So these technologists and engineers know how to make stuff, and they built a content management system and wanted to apply it to the world of fashion. What they found is that people were hanging out on the site. They weren't necessarily transacting, but they were reading and studying and, 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 and taking it all in. And so we said, let's take this interest in beauty and fashion and build an entertainment platform. That's where I show up. Uh, they wanted to find someone who understand and under, uh, understands and understood the value of entertainment and the Internet. And I was brought in to help them realize that with marketers, marketers like ABC's The Bachelor, like Target, um, you know, like Devil Wears Prada, Fox Pictures, which is running today on our site, marketers who want to reach women in a fun and interesting and relevant way, and and they wanted someone who understood kind of the entertainment space because, Susan, I don't know how you look at it, but fashion and beauty today are as much entertainment as, as anything, and I think 10, 15 years ago, they really weren't, but the entertainment world because of what's happening in reality TV and celebrity, is, is, is a much larger uh, sphere these days. So we tap into to that passion also. So one of the things that I, I didn't notice, that y- you connected a dot for me on Glam. Um, when you mentioned Tickle.com, yes. I always thought Tickle was a brilliant site. I mean, from the very first quiz that I remember in you know, 1997 or 1998 that asked, that told you after you asked a question, uh, answered a questionnaire, what kind of dog you were. And I can actually remember that I was really pissed that I came out to be a poodle. But of course, knowing me, you know that makes total sense. I'm a total poodle. And you know, everyone else was like really cute dogs, golden retrievers, Bernese mountain dogs, and me, I end up being the poodle. But I liked taking the quizzes, and I thought, ah, this is a great. At the time, I didn't think this as cleverly, but a merchandising platform. This is a great engagement tool for women because we grew up taking Cosmo love quizzes. I mean, this is just a part of the, uh, you know, American woman psychology. We like to take quizzes. And so I always thought that, and, and Tickle got much more sophisticated. I mean, you could go on to Tickle now and you could find out, you could get a recommendation for what kind of religion would be appealing to you based on your moral and ethical responses to questions. I mean, so it got pretty far beyond what kind of dog you are. Well, Susan, they're PhDs writing these quizzes. This is, this exactly. is hard stuff. And now I see Glam is doing this same formula. Uh, as a matter of fact, on your site today, um, something that I'm dying to find out about myself is how hot I am. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's about 104 here today, so I'm hot no matter what. <laughs> but uh, I like that. How hot are you? And then, so how do you, so what happens if I take that quiz and I find out that I'm hopefully 
somewhat hot, um, then how do you make money on me? Take me well, from there. Well, the, the, let's take a step back. We wanted to build in some sticky functionality to our environment so that people wanted to come back and have some fun there. What we learned in the Tickle experience was that women as a demographic and a psychographic love taking these quizzes and tests, and they make it fun and they are, are, are engaging. So let me use a great example. Back to my favorite show on TV, ABC's The Bachelor. Um, you know, the, the, the show is an interesting show because it's on... 12 times. There's 12 episodes. So at most, you as a viewer are experiencing 12 hours of The Bachelor. We allowed ABC to build a test around how hunky is, 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 is Dr. Stork, who was last year's Bachelor, and, 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 and how hunky do you think he is? We were able to build a quiz which engaged viewers for four minutes per test. We racked up over 270 hours of engagement, um, you know, to people who were, who were um, experiencing the ABC brand because um, they, they would dig into the test. So what we often do is we wrap in an advertiser to the testing and put their content, uh, we wrap it in, we can lead to it when you come out of, of a test, and we can even build custom tests. And that's just one piece of it, but that's about engagement. So that's how we make money there. Got it. All right. So the tests are one thing. So, so essentially, to, to, as you've said twice now, take a step back, a big deep breath about Clam.com. You've created um, a website for women that has merchandising and uh, a lot of sticky content that you can monetize. I think you have things like um, a blog ad network, as an example, is one of the things. Why don't you go through what all those kind of components of glam are so that we can get that um, audible picture instead of that visual picture for our listeners. Well, I think if you, um, uh, I hate to use it again, take a step back to the 1940s. You look at ABC and NBC and CBS, and what they built was networks where they had programming base the network, and they had affiliates, local affiliates, that they sent content to and got content from. Use that model for glam. We have Glam.com at the hub. That's the crown jewel of our network. No different when you look at an MTV or a Time Warner. They all have crown jewels, and then they use the greater network to promote to, to, to like audiences and build the traffic and, and, and relevancy. And then we have, um, within Glam, various channels, whether they be beauty, celebrity, um, etc., and, and style. And so w- what happens is uh, a user comes in and, and really immerses themselves into an area, and we use our network of over 100 affiliates, blogs, and small sites that are filled with passionate people who are passionate about fashion, handbags, celebrity, and we use that to build out the reach of our network. So you have your programming hub, which is glam.com. You have the network, which offers greater reach, and we create programming uh, that goes out into our network and then comes in from them. So these blogs are editorial selected to match the interests of the program we're creating. And then we layer on all that fun functionality and stickiness so that you can really um, have a full experience as a user. What are some of the other fun, sticky functions? Well, I think we have a search function, which I think is, is, is really relevant. You can go on there. We've got a million products. So when we built the site, we 
worked with 60 retailers to, to develop RSS daily feeds so that we can use their products in what we do. So if you look, you know, really the core of what we do, again, is a content management system. So our editors, you know, and, and let's say that there are, you know, five to seven editors. We're pumping out in our first quarter in business, we pumped out 14,000 pages of content because we're using technology, the content management system, the feeds we're getting from our retailers to, to, to create programming that's interesting. So, for instance, um, if we were following um, a celebrity like Angelina Jolie, who lots of people are following these days, and we wanted to tell people how they could get the look of Angelina Jolie, we could go out and look at what our retailers are doing and pull their products from the feeds we have and create style pages that emulate that look. Now, that's what we do with marketers, too. We offer truly integrated experiences so that, um, you know, in, in the old days of the web, and you know this better than anyone, a lot of people think integrated means just the logos on the left side of the page. What we mean is we worked with Procter & Gamble and, and, and Max Factor, and we took, uh, you know, Carmen Electra, who's a spokesperson for them, and integrated her into the content that we were creating, get the look of Carmen Electra. Or Pat McGrath, who's a recognized makeup artist and spokesperson for, for Procter & Gamble. We did an eight-page interview with her. And she spoke about what she's doing and wrapped in Procter & Gamble to the experience. And we did that as part of our content. We were talking to her anyway because she's a leader in the field. So we take, we consider the integrated um, immersive ad experience that we create as part of the mandate of what we're doing because we know people like advertising. So, so you have built this massive capability of generating customized pages. One of the things also that I noticed, this is a little aside, is that your content management system tends to generate the, the products in kind of an overlay fashion rather than in little disparate boxes, which is a very unique, like you, you create a pastiche of, you know, if, if, if how hot I am is icy hot and I get, you know, a black tank top and a sparkly purse and some beaded sandals and um, this, you know, fluffy skirt and all that stuff is kind of overlaid at angles on top of each other. But I think that's all being pulled out of disparate places and overlaid on the page. Is that right? Well, that's the whole point, is that we have a million products we can pick from that are updated every day. But, but it's not just, um, what I'm talking about is the visual layout. So the visual yes. layout is not this thing next to this thing next to this thing, then the next row, this thing next to this thing next to this thing. It's like they're all at angles and laid on top of each other in this really pretty assemblage. We and create an experience, and yeah. that's absolutely correct. So that's pretty clever. Now, you've built this but nobody's coming yet. I've looked at my, one of my favorite websites, Alexaholic, which lets me compare the web traffic between like sites or unlike sites. So I can pull up a page that says, okay, well, how big is glam.com traffic-wise or page rank or unique views? How, big does, how, how, how does that compare to PopSugar? Um, Brian Sugar's going to be on next. We're going to talk about his model being very different than yours but serving a similar market. Um, how does that compare to the classics like iVillage or eOnline, which is kind of the more movie star gossip side of things? And the, uh, the classics are still, you know, they have quite a significant lead from um, a viewership or unique user perspective. So you've built it. Now you need to get some traffic. What are you doing for that? 
Well, before I answer the question, let's put it in perspective here. The GLAM network, yeah, which are all the components. <laughs> excuse me? The, the GLAM network, which is all those components about which we spoke, um, reaches 2 million uniques, U.S. uniques today, which okay. puts it in the top 10 women websites. You might be looking at glam.com perspective, uh, per se, which is one element. But the answer to your question is we're doing a number of things. We use our blog network, which is growing by leaps and bounds every day. Um, we are cutting syndication deals with places uh, like Yahoo and AOL where we uh, bring them content and they link to us because we do have some unique stuff there. Um, we have a great relationship with the Hearst Corporation and are working with Cosmo um, and building out for some select advertisers for them an interactive experience tied to some uh, of, of the, the, the books that they are selling, CosmoOnGlam.com. Look for that um, later this fall. And so we are developing a whole series of syndicated um, and technological marketing elements. We'll also have advertising, traditional advertising, um, in Cosmo and in other uh, places to, to, to drive audience. So we recognize that you have to do traditional marketing, you have to do search engine marketing and all that kind of stuff to drive people. But word of mouth through our blogs is also a significant portion of it. Okay. And so do you have any projections for when you'll be the top site? Well, I think our goal today was to get into the top ten. It Just to put in perspective, it took um, Tickle four years to get there, and most of the other folks have been there since the beginning, top ten women's sites. We've done it in seven months. So let's just say we're we're moving along in quite a happy direction. What are the top ten women's sites, as many as you can remember? You're probably not anywhere where there's a list in front of you. Well, I think you have iVillage, you have Style.com, um, Oprah and Oxygen. Uh, those are those are some tickle. Of course, is a, is a, is a top women's site, and and you know there are sites like E, like you mentioned, that that are. Um, you know, sites that do reach women. But, you know, when you look at Glam, what's interesting about us is our audience comp on women 18 plus is, is, is the largest in the women's area. So we index at like 160% to style.com or 110% to iVillage, which means that on a composition basis, we got more women coming to our site. And, of course, that's what advertisers want. They want high composition of vertical audiences. So... What do you think is going to happen with sites like iVillage that are very long in the tooth and, and not, to me, very terribly um, innovative? You're asking like a, a lot of tough questions same old today, Susan. The crap that it's, that's been on there for the last five years. You're asking me a lot of tough questions today. How come? <laughs> well, I think, I think the, the answer is that, that um, a site like iVillage has a great opportunity with the NBC family to, to be much broader, to use its base of women, and I think 15 million uniques a month, to, to um, take the assets that NBC is creating and push them out um, in a way that uh, digital audiences can, can, can relate to them, whether it's clips of shows um, or, or, or I'm sure they're working on plenty of social networking applications. So I think those sites just get bigger and better. Uh, what happens, though, is you, know, you have to understand as you look at a MySpace or, a, or an iVillage that hook up with the traditional media companies, I think what you're going to see over time is the traditional media companies embodying the spirits of, of social networking 
in what they do. And so it's not going to be um, as black and white going forward. Maybe today it is because we're just at, you know, the second inning. But I think over time you're going to see social networking live. I mean, if you look last week on MySpace, Superman Returns, the new movie that's coming out, um, Superman was all over MySpace. And I think advertisers are trying to figure out how do we market using these new tools in a way that combines the, the, the way audiences consume media today, uh, you know, and, and um, the way they used to and the way we know we have lots of knowledge and research about. So today it seems that Glam.com is very much um, kind of a, a, pl- a place for the individual woman to go and to, to drill deep and to get personalized content delivered back to her or to, to learn more about herself through taking quizzes or to learn more about products. You know, how do you ke- what shorts do you need to wear to keep your butt from looking fat? You know, it's that kind of thing. What about the social part of Web 2.0 as, and, and what are Glam's plans for that? Well, I, I can't tell you too much, but let's just say in, in, in about two months, we, have, we are about to roll something out that we think, um, as we've been looking at what's happening in social media today, what's good and what's bad, what works for advertisers, what works for marketers, what doesn't work for them and consumers, um, we're going to introduce a product that we think will tap into that and build on our applications and, and our, um, you know, our, our network of, of blogs and sites. But I think it's a great question. And again, I think the sites that succeed over time are going to have to have functionality in there that, that, that allow you know, um, consumers to, to relate on their own terms. There was a study done recently that showed that virtually anyone that's in one social network is usually in about four. So that, you know, over time, we've got two, three hundred sites mentally bookmarked that we all go to. It's not one, two, or three anymore like the old days of the Internet. And so I think that you're going to see a lot more of that stuff happening over time. A lot more of what stuff? The social networking applications and, and how, how um, sites are not just going to be about pushing content out. It's going to be about the experience that the user brings. Because in today's world, we're our own publishers. Just look what we're doing right now on a podcast. And if you were to have a social networking component in the glam space, what might it look like? How do you go from being you know, the, the, the sole surfer which is the experience today, to connecting with others in your environment. I think that that's about technology and how you weave that in to the content. And um, I, I, I can't say too much except that this is not a static um, this is not a static experience, and I think that um, if you look at sites like Technorati, um, you know, successful um, blogs, you look at social networking today, you'll see that it's not linear. And, and what you need to do is you need to have um, the user have a, have a, have a chance to um, bring their own content to bear. Uh, and add their own messaging into content that you're bringing to them. And I think it's that collaboration uh, and having the right environment for that collaboration that will do that. You'll see in a few months. Can't tell you much now, but I think we're, we're, we're following the market and we're preparing our, um, our offering right now as we speak. So for the women who are listening to you today, are there a couple of different things you can tell us that are areas we should check out on Glam.com that you think are the most interesting or have the most forward momentum, maybe a couple of the blogs that you think are the most interesting or where we can go to sign up for the RSS feeds or whatever apps you think are 
really cool, just as our kind of final coverage. Let's, let's have some fun with the product. Well, I think, I think let's just say that um, anyone that um, comes on to um, Glam should make a point of signing up for our email because we send out an email once a week about something that we're doing on the site, and it's often, um, you know, fun and interesting and uh, I think worth, you know, um, worth, worth capturing. So, you know, we reach about <coughs> – 400,000 uh, folks a week uh, through, through our emails, and I would definitely say that's cool. Um, I think the, 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 the Beauty Channel, which is recently launched, is also lots of fun, too. And we're really getting into beauty, beauty in, a, in, a, um, in, a, in a fun way. And, um, you know, I'm looking at our homepage now as we talk, and, um, you know, I love um, the gal from uh, Grey's Anatomy right on the front page there. And we change that site. We change it every day because we need to to keep it current. Um, I think if you look into the blogs, I, I, I can't say I'm, um, I'm not the, 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 the biggest blogger these days, uh, but, but I think some of the sites um, you know, that are uh, about very specific products are, are really fun. Of course, you, know, you have sites like a Socialite's Life, which is you know, celebrity-based, but we also have, um, you know, uh, I'm looking through here. I'm trying to find some of the more interesting ones. We have our own uh, blog, um, you know, where we're glamming um, every day about different topics. Um, Young, Black, and Fabulous is a very fun. Uh, we even have one about uh, being 40. Um, there is uh, one that an advertiser came to us about that was fascinating to them that we have it, and, and, and that was called A Slave to Target. Um, which which is about someone that just follows what Target does, kind of the whimsicality of what what Target's doing every day. So it really it really is, um, you know, what you're interested in that I think is what makes you know the blogging so much fun. If you're interested in handbags, you know, you you, you click on that page and you got a million blogs reaching. By the way, you know, small audiences in individuality, but larger audiences in aggregate. So we've got the bag lady, the bag snob, in my bag, you know, bag trends. And these are people that are just writing about bags all day long. So if you're in the bags, I would say go check that all out. All right. Well, that was some good hints and tips. Scott, thank you so much for coming on and giving us a good view into Glam.com. I think there's a lot more there than meets the eye on the homepage, so it's time for us as listeners to start digging and uh, sign up for your newsletter. And uh, all the best to you in your new career. I know you're going to take them to heights they could have never imagined. Susan, thanks, and have a glam day. (laughs) (laughs) That I will, baby, because apparently I am icy hot. We'll be be back after this commercial break, uh, and we'll talk to Brian Sugar, the CEO and publisher of Sugar Publishing. Stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. Ad Tech Connect. We'll be right back. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. 
3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source. All while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. Katie Kempner. Just a little bit about the hook. The hook. The hook. The hook. What I hope to do with the hook is to give you the chance to hear what my friends and colleagues are thinking about doing. 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 People in the marketing, PR, advertising industries right on the forefront and including people that cover these industries. So what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is help you make your job easier. What I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is join me each week two 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 o'clock on Tuesdays Tuesday. Intersection of advertising and PR. Katie is on the real Katie or you want the slim Katie so just demonstrating so want the real slim Katie please stand up please stand up please stand up cuz I'm slim Katie yes I'm the real Katie or you want the slim Katie so just demonstrating so want the real slim Katie please stand up please stand up please stand up right here right here right here Katie 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 right here right here right here on webmasterradio.fm on the Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back. This is Susan Bratton, and you're listening to AdTech Connect. Our show today is Speaking of a Girl. We're talking about some really interesting, very innovative new sites for that delicious demographic, women 18 to 34. And I have with me Brian Sugar, the CEO and publisher of aptly named Sugar Publishing. Hi, Brian. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I hear you're a little tired today. You had, so, you had an exciting evening last night, right? Yeah, we, um, we just launched uh, a bunch of new sites on our network, uh, which is pretty exciting. And so let's, let's get right into that. First, well, you know what we should do. You've, you've launched something new, but maybe what we should do, in case someone hasn't heard about Pop Sugar, we should talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, All right. Pop Sugar is a site that was started as a hobby about a year ago, and it has grown to 3.5 million unique visitors a month and has become sort of the cornerstone of uh, a bunch of sites that we're starting at Sugar Publishing. So Sugar Publishing is your empire, and you got so lucky with your name. That's an awesome thing. You have Pop Sugar. That's your kind of home site right now. And you have Dear Sugar, which is your advice column. And then last night you launched. You stayed up late, 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 and you pushed out something brand new to debut today on AdTech Connect. So talk about that. Yeah, sure. Today um, we launched Team Sugar, which is our social network. And, you know, it's interesting. We're looking and watching just – 
people connect on the site. So we had a gossip site and an advice site, as you said, Pop and Deer, and we had a pretty vibrant community, and a lot of them have been asking for more features. So we launched Team Sugar so that they can have conversations about everything that's going on on the site. So one of the users today put as their headline, it's like MySpace for the gossip fiend, which I thought was awesome. Nice. MySpace for the gossip fiend. So one of the things that you do on PopSugar is you take feeds from all kinds of different interesting sites and blogs, and then your editorial team does analysis and overlays their opinions on things, right? Absolutely. I mean, they, they act as um, new media editors. They're out there. They're, um, you know, you watch our editors. They all have their TiVos. They're watching TV. They're surfing the web. They're getting emails. They're reading the latest Vanity Fair, and they're editing all that down to pretty much, you know, two or three posts almost every hour on PopSugar.com so that you don't have to go and to the various different places and figure out what's cool and what's not. The editors at PopSugar figure out what it is you should be reading. And it, it's mostly gossip, fashion, movie stars, right? Is that the bulk of it? Well, the, the core of PopSugar right now, PopSugar is the entertainment um, gossip site. It's sort of Us Weekly or People Magazine. Yeah. Um, Dear, Dear Sugar is a little bit more advice, um, and we also are launching something called Fab Sugar, which is more about fashion and beauty and, and shopping. So we're trying to create a network of just great editorial content for women 18 to 34, and then have Team Sugar as the social network that enables the community to talk back to the editorial staff as well as to each other. So you started out with the editorial staff doing the overlays on the latest news. And now, if I am a, am a member of Team Sugar and I sign in and become one of your, become a member, then I can talk to other people about something. So, for example, if I want to talk about, I just went to see The Devil Wears Prada, that's the latest movie out in, in your world, and I want to talk to people about that, I can come on to your site and talk to other people like me in a community who are chatting. Around, and it's not, Is it chatting? Is that it? Or is it blog posting? Describe it, because, again, listeners don't ha- may not be in front of their computers to see it. Absolutely. Um, so we started off as a typical blog where you can come in and register and leave your comments. But now with the launch of Team Sugar, you can click on everyone that leaves a comment and you can go into their own page. And on their own page, they have their own group of friends. So, like, for example, here's an interesting statistic. We launched our site, you know, a couple of hours ago, just, you know, in the wee early morning hours. And right now, every minute, five people are making um, a connection with somebody else, mm-hmm. Me- meaning that they're adding each other to buddies so you can track all of your buddies' comments, all of your buddies' blogs, any photos that they post. So a- anytime, like... Um, you know, Color Me Sticky is a big user on the site. Anytime she posts a new comment or her own new blog or anything, if you're a friend, friends of hers, you will get an email notifying you that that has changed. So we're seeing that happen a lot. The other big statistic is there's a lot of, we have the feature of private messaging back and forth, and there's about three private messages happening every minute between our users. So if uh, Jamie1005 wants to talk to Ty Britt and Lisa Kay, she can do that in a way offline, yep. if you will, behind the curtain. 
and have uh, and strike that relationship. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is um, what these users get to have is they get to customize who they are in the community so they can have their own little brand. And, you know, just like MySpace has done such a great job at it, we're doing that for these women. So they can have their own. So you go to TeamSugar.com, you log in, and, you know, my user is Brian, obviously. So you can go to TeamSugar.com slash user slash Brian, and you can see and learn all about me, see my comments, my posts, and start having a conversation with me if you like me. And so what do you think is going to be more popular? Do you think the posting, the user posting comments to the things that your editors put up is going to have more traction, or do you think that the behind-the-scenes connection, user-to-user, -user, that peer-to-peer -peer relationship development is going to be bigger? Well, right now, I mean, you know, these are, um, I still think the editorial content will be the authority, the authority on the site. I think people will come to the site the majority of people will come to the site because they want to read what our editorial staff um, talks about. That's how we built our great user base. But I think we're going to um, booster that by having our social network where people can then um, have their own little conversations going on. So right now, roughly 20% of our traffic, and this is only a couple of hours, is on Team Sugar, um, and uh, the other 80% is on Pop between on pop. the two. Um, so Let's yeah. take this up a notch to the the grand scheme of things. You know, uh, we had Scott Schiller on from Glam.com. I'd love to hear your interpretation of maybe maybe put things in buckets for our listeners. You know, if if I'm a marketer and I want to reach this audience, I have a, a huge selection. I've got everything from iVillage and Style.com and Oprah and Oxygen and Tickle and E Online to things like Splendora and Daily Candy, to things like um, Egotastic and Perez Hilton and I Don't Like You In That Way dot com. And, and so how does Pop Sugar and your whole sugar publishing empire that you're building, um, how does that, where does that fit, and how do you lump some of these sites together? Um, great question. Um, I think that there's a group of sites that um, is a, I don't know, sort of a 1999 or 2000 sort of portal slash destination. You type in the URL and you go to their homepage, and it sort of looks like an online magazine. Um, and if you type in that, that URL again and you go there the next day or, the or later on in the same day, it's unclear if anything has changed. It doesn't really feel alive. It sort of feels like it's on some publishing schedule and they publish those things. And I think, you know, that's interesting. I think there's some great sites that do a good job there. Um, I think the glam.coms and the styles.com sort of fall into that category of sort of online magazine sort of um, destination. Um, I think there's a whole group of great email newsletters which everybody can't wait to get every day like Daily Candy and has sort of the greatest finds and the editorial staff does a fantastic job. But then there's this sort of new breed of sites which, you know, we all call blogs for better or for worse. I think some people think it has a great connotation. Some people don't. But I think what blogs have become is something, a site that's alive. I mean, it is changing so often that when you go back to the site and it has not changed, you're actually disappointed. Um, uh, there's just a tremendous amount of features and functionality that I think we're adding to uh, our sites so that when you do come back, there's new editorial, there's new user-generated content. We're trying to fuse that all together so that you don't have the things that you would have from sort of those 99, 2000 sites where when you go back to the site, it's like, 
oh, nothing's really changed. Why do I come to this site again? So I think it's important, and I think users today, this ADD culture that we have, they demand newness, freshness, and it has to be alive, and it has to be other people there in the community. And I think that's what we're attempting to do with all the sites that we're doing um, under Sugar Publishing. Don't you think, though, that there's a pretty low barrier to entry to, I mean, if you look at iVillage, they, you know, they have, what, 15 million unique users. You have a, an impressive 3 million after how long have you been in business now? Since March of 2005. So a, so a yearish. Yeah. Uh, in a year, you've gotten three million. It probably took them, you know, ten years to get fifteen million. Um, but tomorrow, they could do a reorg and start their blogs and refresh their homepage and create a community site. And does that keep you up at night when you're not uh, already up at night pushing out new products? <laughs> uh, it definitely does. <laughs> do I think you sleep? Again. <laughs> At the core of, of who we are, I think anybody that reads Pop Sugar loves what they're reading. I think um, the editorial staff has done a phenomenal job. We have differentiated ourselves from some of the other sites that are out there. A lot of people call us less snarky than everybody else out there. We're sort of, we're all, if you're a nice person and you like gossip, entertainment, and shopping, and you don't want uh, to be attacked and, and other things that happen on other sites, you hang out on Pop Sugar. It's a, it's a very nice, um, happy place to hang out and spend time on the web. Um, so uh, I think that uh, our, the barrier to entry is hiring and cultivating just an awesome editorial staff. And then um, having a group of great technology people that can go out there and read what's going on on TechCrunch and GigaOM and say, hey, you know what, tags are cool or tags aren't, or you know, this feature like from MySpace or this thing from YouTube or what have you, and sort of filter what's going on in the Web 2.0 space and filter and say, okay, editors, what do you think our users want from a feature functionality perspective and sort of take the best of whether it's, you know, tags or what have you and put it up on uh, Team Sugar. So I think it's editorial staff plus some of the technology that we add that will keep us moving really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just strikes me that it's, it's all very intangible stuff. But when you think about some of the older, let's just say more mature sites, that they kind of have their set way of doing things. And they're probably not, they, there may not be anybody in their organizations that even tracks whether tagging is, you know, how, how do you make the call on tagging? It's, it's almost a feel, right? It's, it's like being so on the edge of technology that you can make the call on what your customer wants to, to have imbued in the site, right? Oh, absolutely. It is, I mean, it is so fast. I mean, our company's nine people, and it's so fast to try out new features, remove them if they don't work, etc. We care a hell of a lot more about our community and our users. We stay up 24/7, make sure the site is always fresh, alive. I mean, we just care a lot more than you know some big sort of corporate magazine-y website. Um, and I think our users understand that. And um, you know, for example, my wife just just had a baby, and she's obviously the editor-in-chief of everything we're doing. And she went to the Madonna concert the day before she gave birth, and she posted that posting. And the next day, she went into labor. So there was no posts on the site because we figured, you know what, given the birth of the baby, we're, gonna, we're not going to post on Pop Sugar. And we had over 300 comments just wishing us so – it was – you just don't get that on a sort of corporate – 
um, magazine-y website. Just the good luck, can't wait to see pictures, um, really great feeling. So how, how are you going to scale this? Do you have um, plans for air sugar and, you know, name some of your new product line extensions that you have. Sure, absolutely. Um, So basically, we just looked across the magazine rack and we said, you know what, the people that are reading these magazines are clearly going online. And we believe the online format is not the magazine, but it's a live, fresh blog format with a whole social community on it. So we started with entertainment, that's pop. We quickly added a device column, which is Deer Sugar. We're adding uh, Fab Sugar over the next month, which will be sort of Lucky Magazine or, um, you know, more about shopping and beauty and fashion, Cosmo, if you will. Um, we're then going to expand it into um, something called Giggle Sugar, which will be like Fark or some of the other sites that are out there where there's just funny things that people find on the web or the emails that people send to each other with jokes or videos. We'll edit that all down into um, Giggle Sugar. Then we'll be launching something called Geek Sugar, which, you know, one of my favorite blogs out there is obviously Engadget or Gizmodo. We're going to take those and make it geared towards the 18 to 34-year-old women. So we'll have a nice technology blog site. And again, all of these sites will be on one platform, and all the editors will be talking to each other. So, for example, if Lindsay Lohan is out at um, whatever movie opening, and she has, you know, some Chloe bag and a sidekick, um, Pop Sugar will talk about the event. Fab Sugar will talk about the clothes and the Chloe bag that she's wearing. And then Geek Sugar will talk about the sidekick and how great that is. So it'll be a really synergistic pop culture network around everything that's going on for, you know, 18 to 34-year-old women. So there's a slew of sites after Geek and Giggle. There's Home for Home. There's um, Yum, which is going to be a whole food site. Um, There's a total of 12 sites that we're going to be launching over the next year. Um, all geared at 18 to 34-year-old women. So you're probably hiring. (laughs) If there's someone who's really good at editorial, they should probably give you a call, right? Uh, Yeah, we are definitely hiring. We're hiring uh, editorial staff. We've done a pretty good job of of hiring people here in San Francisco. Uh, We need people to help sell advertising, obviously. Um, So, uh, yeah, we're growing pretty quickly. We just got our office space in downtown San Francisco. Um, So we'll move out of our house uh, here in San Fran and actually go into office space. So it's pretty exciting. So when you were 11 years old in Morris Plains, New Jersey, getting muddy, playing soccer, and if someone had said to you, Ew, Brian, when you grow up, you're going to have a product called Giggle Sugar. <laughs> what would you have said then and what would you say now? Wow, um... <laughs> I'm going to have a product called Giggle Sugar back then when there was no... You know, back when I was a kid, uh, I would have understood that in, in, in a different way. I ran a bulletin board service, if people know what that is. I had, a, a, I think, two or three modems where people could dial in, and, you know, there was a SISOP, and there was a bulletin board, and you could leave messages, and there was little interactive games. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but it was when you had a 2400 baud modem and all that sort of stuff. If you told me that, you know, 20 years from now, I would have a network of sites where there's great editorial and a user community that is making it even better, I guess you can kind of see it now. Back from the days of my Apple IIe, Apple II Plus, and the bulletin board service I used to run. So you've always been geek sugar. Um, I've always been a little geek, a little fab, and a little pop. 
<laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Well, it's it's really fun to hear about two things. One, just the fact that you have a really balanced approach to exactly what your business now now is and also a grand scheme for what it can become. And uh, I think that that's probably grounded in the fact that you've already been successful at past careers. Um, you were an early progenitor of the jcrew.com site. You were the, on the founding team of bluelight.com. And you had the amazing huevos to be involved in the set-top box world with SugarCube that you just recently sold. Is that right? Yeah, no, um, very exciting things. Uh, I just got an announcement today from the AT&T folks that the software that's in the set-top box is actually launching the end of this month. So um, it's called AT&T Home Zone. It combines MovieLink and Yahoo and all these and EchoStar, uh, their Dish Network, and all these great services to combat the the cable guys. So that was fun. Uh, Blue Light was great. You know, Kmart was going to take over the world, but then Target sort of stole it from them. And then obviously J Crew is one of the uh, best brands out there. And um, you know, I still uh, I, I still remember the editors designing the catalog on the floor of the J Crew offices, laying out the clothes and talking about the photo shoots and the editorial staff that was there. And we're going to try to replicate a lot of the things we learned at J Crew at our sugar publishing company. So one of the things that I like to do when I wrap my interviews is to ask the person with whom I'm speaking about one wish that they have, because the listeners of Ad Tech Connect have a lot of power, a lot of knowledge. They're the best online marketers in the world. They know more about things like customer acquisition and retention. They know more about next generation technologies than you know anybody else in this space. And so if you could ask for one thing out into the universe of listeners, what might that be? I need a person, a partner, a member of the team that's going to join us and help us really monetize the tremendous amount of traffic, features, community, etc. that we have already built and we're already planning on building. All right. Well, there you go. I, uh, that could absolutely happen. So what you're looking for is someone who's an online marketing expert in customer acquisition. Is that, is that what I heard? Absolutely. All right. So, well, Brian, thank you so much for exposing us all to Pop Sugar. Congratulations on the launch of Team Sugar. I think imbuing the community and the social networking piece of Web 2.0 into your site is a brilliant move. And um, I hope everyone who's listening will check it out. And we'd love to have you back on in a year to see the fantastic progress that I know is going to happen. Thank you, Susan. It's my pleasure. Um, congratulations, too, on the birth of your daughter. And um, we are going to close out for the day. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us uh, talk about Pop and Glam. And my name is Susan Bratton. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you next week.